On April 11th, 2021, CBS aired an episode of 60 Minutes that looked into the prolific genius that was Prince, or truly, now that he's gone, the artist formerly known as Prince. It's hard to believe he's been gone for five years, but he has been busy in the afterlife. This summer, an album he made but never released in 2010 called Welcome to America will finally be published. If Wikipedia is correct, Prince now has 39 studio albums, four live albums, nine compilation albums, 17 video albums, and three posthumous albums to his name. This, on its own, is impressive. Even more impressive is that according to this 60 Minutes piece, Prince died with some 8,000 recorded songs in his vault. Think about that number for a moment. 8,000 To put that into some context, Prince left us with enough unpublished but completed songs to give us a new album every year until the year 3000. I don't know about you, but though I find that incredible, I don't find it particularly inspiring. It's definitely not encouraging. Hell, when I was writing this episode, it took me over a week just to get this far on an episode of this podcast that I wanted to have done way before that. The words just wouldn't come. The topic I wanted to write about felt forced. And most of all, I felt an overwhelming pressure to produce, just to get something out into the world and meet my own deadline. In the same time, while I'm now only 12 sentences into this episode, Prince would have written 12 songs. And I'm not even sure the 12 sentences I have written won't be replaced or just deleted entirely by the time you hear this of all the challenges in the effort to live a meaningful, creative life, I think I find the pressure to produce among the hardest to get my head on straight about. And I know while not everyone has to trudge through this kind of thing, many of you do. And I thought now might be a good time to talk about it. I'm David Dushman. This is episode 68 of A Beautiful Anarchy, my podcast about the joys and challenges of the creative life. Welcome here. So in the spirit of full disclosure, this one is 100% a reaction to my own struggle right now. My creative life normally draws from a rich, deep well of adventures around the world and the creative projects that come out of those adventures. And my well is beginning to feel really dry. I know it's not. I know there's stuff in there, probably under that weird green scum that's forming on the surface way down at the bottom. And yes, I know the water levels will come up again. They always do. That's just the ebb and flow of the creative rhythm. But normally I comfort myself about the dry times in that rhythm by going to Kenya or India and immersing myself in something challenging. Or I go to Venice and drink Prosecco and wander for hours with my camera. So while I can't do any of that, my usual ways of filling the well again, well, I still feel the pressure to produce, to ship, and to feed the machine, to write the podcast, to write the blog and the articles I send to my audiences. That is the pressure I'm feeling, and I think it comes from my fear of disappointing the people that make up those audiences. There's also this worry that if I stop just for a while, my audience, you, will have moved on and forgotten about me when I'm ready to get back to creating and sharing that work. I know these are mostly irrational fears. Our audiences don't leave because we take a week off. 
I always laughed when I was on social and saw a post from someone that apologized because they didn't post for like the last two days. Two days? Man, you didn't even give us time to miss you. And this is the truth of it, I think. Short breaks probably won't be noticed and you won't be missed as much as you hope or fear you will be. And we all need time to slow down and to go AWOL now and then. It's probably not a bad thing if you miss me once in a while, and your own audiences might even benefit from the kind of reminder about what you do for them that your occasional absence will provide. They don't come to you because the biggest contribution you make in their lives is merely a regularly scheduled serving of whatever it is you make for them, and your audience won't leave in droves if you skip a week or a month and take some time to recalibrate. But our audiences will leave eventually, and yes, in droves, when our work becomes so anemic that it is lifeless, when our work becomes tired and half-hearted and loses its spark because we start mailing it in, that is when the people who loved what we made when we had the courage and strength to go all in will start finding those things elsewhere. That is the real worry for any of us who find such joy in making what we do as a gift for those who follow our work. Not that they'll forget about us, but that they'll stop caring or finding in our work something to love and resonate with. You're not alone in feeling like you constantly need to feed the monster with new work or in feeling that if you're only as good as your recent work, then you better be making recent work always, constantly. You're not the only one who might be feeling the pressure to keep cranking it out. And I don't think it's workaholism, at least it's not for me. It's love for the work and for the people for whom I make it. But there is fear there as well. The fear of losing relevance, losing income too, and most of all, losing impact. What I want most in everything I create is some kind of impact. So there's a strange kind of comfort when I step back and remind myself that impact doesn't come from frequency or from noise, but from signal. There is no shortage of noise out there, constant noise. And the world doesn't need additional contributions of content, no matter how regularly scheduled and reliably consistent. It needs, it is desperate for, signal and depth. One more social media post will not add anything, and one fewer won't be missed. The world does not need more from you. It needs more of you. This is not yet another reminder that quality is more important than quantity. That's that's too easy, I think. Over the long haul, quantity and quality are often linked, at least in as much as those who make much and make often tend over time to make better as well. But this might be a reminder that whatever it is that makes your work resonate, whatever ability you have to make something meaningful and authentic, whatever gives it soul, if you find that you are diluting those things in exchange for endless output, then the price is too high. It has recently occurred to me that I might have to slow down a little And that's a tough one to reconcile with the fact that I love what I do. Not just the making of it, but the way that putting it into the world makes a difference to real people. And often those real people, people like you, reach out and tell me just what a difference my work makes. And that makes it even harder to slow down. 
there is a genuine fear of depriving others of something in which they find meaning and joy. So after working myself up into a bit of a lather about all this stuff, here are three thoughts I keep coming back to about the pressure I often feel to ship more work than I am sometimes able to. And I'm hoping if you're sitting there feeling some of the same obligations and pressure that these ideas will help. The first is the awareness that this pressure to produce is mostly self-imposed. And if it's self-imposed, then it can also be self-regulated. Basically, I bring this on myself, and in my better moments, it helps to take a deep breath and remind myself that the inner voice, the one chiding me saying, you've got to produce, needs someone to ask for a little clarification. Produce what? Regular work? Consistent work? On-time work based on a schedule of my own making? Is that the best I can do? Sure, I do need to produce, but why not slower work? Why not deeper work? or more sustainable work. Maybe this pressure to produce needs to be regulated by a keener awareness and acceptance of my own natural pace and rhythm. And and I think this is important. It could be that the rhythm and pace that once worked for us no longer does. Things have changed, and your pre-pandemic pacing and rhythm might no longer work for you. You might need much wider margins right now, And recognizing that might help you hit the purge valve and relieve some of the pressure. Maybe it's time to recalibrate and update your own expectations of both the muse and yourself. I'm trying to remind myself that the pace and rhythm of my work can't be determined by what we imagine is the hunger of the world for more content any more than it should be determined by the breakneck speed at which some other artist or creator might work. I can't speak to the quality of every one of the 8,000 songs in Prince's vault, though I'm guessing it was up to his usual standards or he wouldn't have kept it around. But I am certain that I don't work the way Prince did. We are all motivated by different things. We all have different resources. And the demands on our time, energy, and focus will be different for all of us. So it's important that we don't compare, not with others, but also not with who we were a year or two ago. The world has changed. It continues to change, and we have too. And what you expect of yourself and your work probably needs to change as well. It is okay to slow down. Here's my second thought. The pressure to get our work done is not always a negative or harmful thing. Without the pressure to do my work, if all I did was sit and wait for inspiration... I wouldn't have done some of my best writing or made some of my best photographs. There is an upside to that internal nudge that pushes us to get to work. Many of my best podcast episodes were made not because I was inspired, but because I was disciplined, sat down, and did the work, and somewhere in there the muse showed up, and I managed to create something that surprised me and was much more than I had any inkling it might be when I sat down to write. The feeling of obligation to crank out more work is not the same thing as the pressure to embrace the discipline we often need just to show up and do that work. Giving myself the freedom to do better work, even though it might take longer and I might make less of it, is not the same thing as giving myself the freedom not to show up at all to do that work. At your own pace, according to your own rhythms, certainly, but the muse never shows up 
until we do. Finally, I think it's probably much more important to ourselves, our audiences, and our work that we pay more attention to progressing than merely producing. Making progress is not the same thing as making product. My big concern with the pressure to always be shipping, always producing more work, aside from the very counterproductive guilt that failing to do so can induce, it's that it's very easy to produce and ship and never venture any further down the road of becoming. Being merely prolific is not the same thing as making art that takes greater risk, is authentic, courageous, or generous, none of which can necessarily be conjured quickly or even on time. Exploration takes time, and we don't always know how much time. The detours can take us into some fascinating and fertile places, but not if we're always rushing to wrap it up, hit publish, and get it posted or shipped. Practically for me, I suspect this means a change in the way I use my time. It does not mean the eradication of daily discipline, deadlines, or my commitment to give my work to my audience when I said I would. That's too important to me. But I think it probably does mean that I need to start my work sooner and give myself much longer lead times for the kind of incubation that cannot happen in a rush. It means, I think, as well, that I need to sit down with a cup of coffee or a dram of whiskey in the not-too-distant future and reconsider what the last year has done to my pacing and my rhythm and give myself the space to go deeper on some things. Maybe you need that, too. And maybe, as it seems to be for me, this whole pandemic can serve not as a roadblock, but an invitation to take a detour into deeper places. Places of depth that have been made newly accessible by the fissures that this last year has opened. I think it's probably worth taking our time to explore those and to see what they contain for us. And you aren't alone in awaking to the realization that you might just need to slow down in order to do that and to change the expectations you place on yourself, and set aside for a while the pressure to produce in favor of pursuing the possibilities to progress. Thank you for joining me. We'll talk soon. In the meantime, at your own pace and in no great hurry, go make something beautiful.